time again for another base head. Your weekly support group for your MLB addiction brought to you by the worldofsportsnetwork.com. World of Sports Network, connecting the world through the sports we love. As always, I am Lester and I got with me the man making his case. It's the attorney at sports. Yes, sir. The attorney always makes his case. What's up, fellas? How you doing, man? And of course, on the other side, you know I'm bringing. He's not a realist. He's the realist. Cisco the realist. How's it going, brother? Good, 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 good. Yourself? Doing pretty man, well. Doing pretty man, well. Man, it's still pretty cold. It's still a lot of rain out. People are not heating. I don't know what is going on, but it seems that's not a case for some of the heaters. I'll tell man, you what. Talk about a rain out, man. I was at the Yankees-Nats game on Tuesday night. The attorney was in D.C., watched five innings of baseball at Nationals Park. Rain comes down, starts to downpour. The Yankees game gets canceled. The Yankees actually, three days after that, the games got canceled. The Yankees played their first game in three days yesterday. Got yeah, a loss. I was reading about them getting stuck on the tarmac out there in Washington due to the weather. Is it really that yeah, bad actually, out there, boys? Yeah, they had to actually sleep over at the airport in D.C., in Virginia, because the rain was so bad that the, the planes were not taken off. There was no flights taken off. You know it's bad when they keep a bunch of millionaires stuffed in a plane on a tarmac. That's a bad weather, <laughs> man. Very true, very true. Well, boys, I, I figure let's get right into it. Attorney, we know what you're watching. We saw the videos on attorney at sports underscore on Instagram. You were at the game this week, decked out in your, your New York Yankee finest. Well, half a game anyway. At your New York Yankee finest to check out the game. What are you watching? What'd you see? You know, yeah, you you really you nailed it, Lesho. I watched half a game, you know. But nonetheless, that was my first time in D.C. at Nationals Park. It was a good experience. You know? Hey, let me let me hold you there for just a second because I haven't been to that park yet. How is that? How does it compare? How does it compare to Yankee Stadium, other places you've been? Well, I've always been on record and said and I've said that I don't like the new Yankee Stadium because I'm I'm a I was a huge fan of the old Yankee Stadium. I feel like the old Yankee Stadium, you know, was really for the true fans. I feel like the new Yankee Stadium is more for the the rich person and the, and the CEO type of person per se. But Nationals Park, you know, you really feel like a fan. You know, you, diehard Nationals fans. There's a lot of diehard Yankee fans. So I would really, I would really say I like Nationals Park more than Yankee Stadium. Really? Or not. Looks like Believe a beautiful not, place yes. to see a ball game. It's very, very beautiful. Like I said, man, you could just, you just feel like a true fan when you're at Nationals Park. And at the new Yankee Stadium, if you don't have money, you kind of feel like you don't, you're not, you don't belong there. On the outside, looking in. Yeah, and that's not how it should be in New York City. You know, when you go to a stadium in New York City, you should feel like a diehard fan. You know, you maybe you like that at Yankee Stadium. Maybe you should root for the Mets. I'm just saying. There was a you know, even City Field when you go there, man, you feel like you're a fan, a true fan. It's just, oh, that's too bad because that one looks great on television. It's beautiful, man. I just don't, I just don't understand what's going on with Yankee Stadium. They, I guess the Steinbrenners, they just they care too much about money, right? Does that sound familiar? <laughs> it sounds, that sounds familiar, right? <laughs> Sounds about right. So what were you, you know, seeing at the game this week, man? Well, obviously, there was a lot of talk about Bryce Harper and the Yankees. You know, Bryce Harper was asked a couple times before the game, uh, you know, how do you feel about the Yankees having an interest in you, you know, what, and all those other questions that could be called, considered tampering, you know, because the season's not over and Bryce Harper still plays for the Nationals. But... I don't know that they consider it tampering in baseball. I think it's a, an open secret that his contract is up. Exactly. And – I said before that I don't think the Yankees should go after Bryce Harper because obviously they have Stanton, they have Judge, and they need pitching more than they need hitting. Yeah, their but, outfield is pretty in pretty good shape right now for the near future. 
Yes, but I think the Yankees should. You know, better yet, I think the Yankees have to offer Bryce Harper uh, a record contract after this season. You got you guys want to know why? Absolutely. You, know, you, guys probably, you guys are probably shaking your head at me. Like, I definitely. You can't, you can't see me right now, but I am shaking my head at you. <laughs> Seriously. First of all, Bryce Harper, you know, but, you know, the average, obviously, he's not really been for entire his most of his career. He hasn't really hit for a high average, but the kid's an all-time great, man. He has 163 career home runs. If he hits 27 more home runs before the end of the season, which he will, health permitting, he will end his age 25 season in the top 10 ever among players that young. And that includes a group of Mickey Mantle, Albert Pujols, Frank Robinson, Alex Rodriguez, you know, all, all-time greats, Hall that's of a, Famers. That's a pretty good group to have your name associated with, as far as I'm exactly. concerned. Exactly. And speaking of A-Rod, believe it or not, Alex Rodriguez is actually a reason to feel good about the Yankees offering a big-money contract to Bryce Harper. I know it sounds crazy. It sounds nuts. I know, but hear me out. Yes, the, Yan- the end of A-Rod's Yankee career, it was pretty ugly. And you could blame the Yankees for that. You know, they didn't handle it the right way. But... And also that that ten year deal he signed after two thousand seven that was just unnecessary. But if you look at when Avon signed that that ten year two hundred fifty two million dollar million dollar contract after the two thousand season with the Rangers, he was the same age as Bryce Harper is now. And for the next ten seasons, this is what Avon's stats look like: one hundred and fifty OPS, four hundred twenty four home runs, and three American League MVPs. And seven of those seasons were spent with the Yankees. So like I said. Man, listen, attorney, attorney, you breaking my heart, man. Like, <laughs> like, like, like you're comparing Bryce Harper to A-Rod. Like, no, but, but listen, I'm saying a lot of people say, oh, the Yankees shouldn't give Bryce Harper the contract because of A-Rod. No, but, no, regardless, they should not do that, regardless. Well, Cisco, why? What's wrong with you? What is wrong? <laughs> but listen, listen, and, and, and lastly. Yo, this is not right. What is Listen, wrong with you? Let him, last, hang on a second, Cisco. Let him get this point out. Then I'm coming right at no, you, man. I, I can understand why, why you'd be upset, Cisco. But lastly, players like that don't come around very often. And especially players like that, that young, don't hit the free agent market very often. They do come around that often because by the time the contract is over, he's going to be batting 200. They do come around <laughs> often. The kid is talking. The kid is 25 years old, and the Yankees have an opportunity to sign a true game-changing superstar at 25 years old. Now, Cisco, you were uh, you're a Yankee fan as well, but you were talking about this earlier off air. He's hitting about 230. Uh, uh, now, Bryce Harper is, oh. you know, he was he was brought into the league as you know a game changer. He's going to be 26 during this season, which is going to make him one of the youngest free agents available for this kind of contract. Be able to put him, lock him down for a long time. He still has that potential. He still got that big bat. But you're apparently out on Bryce Harper. Why? But, but, why should the look, Yankees look, look, not look, have my him? My problem, my problem with him, my problem with him is this. This is my problem with a guy. The guy, he's never, he's barely, he only have been. You can only consider him a hundred percent twice in his career that he has been. Not 100% minus his rookie year. So you can consider he got injury problem. The guy is injury prone. The guy doesn't always hit for average. The guy has season that the guy is pretty much a 280 hitter at this point. Have never dropped in 100 RBI in his career. He is supposedly a 5-2 player. Does not always show up to be like that. 
he is very inconsistent. He's not even the best player in his own team. This kid, if he's hitting, if he's hitting right now, 270, 230, what he's going to do when he approach late into the contract? He's not going to be batting. He's going to be like, he's going to be like Pujolis right now. He's going to go, he's going to go, look, Andrew Jones was the same caliber player as Bryce Harper if he's not better. And what happened? When he got older, when he resteady, yeah. totally declined. Fell right off a cliff. Totally, totally declined. Bryce Harper, he's going to keep being injury prone for the rest of his career. This year he might be, he is very inconsistent. This guy have not delivered that. The, Yankees, the Yankees don't have to do that. The Yankees don't have to do that because they have Judge, and Judge is better than Bryce Harper. Whether people want to admit it or not, Judge is proven to be better than Bryce Harper. That's far he is. Well, I think I'm, more, I'm more impressed with, with what Judge have done, although Bryce Harper has an MVP, than what Bryce Harper have done. You know... Whether, I'm going to I'm going to actually side with Cisco on this one I think uh, cuz you know my team the Phillies is of course another team that is always mentioned in the hunt as going after Bryce Harper at, at the end of this year as somebody who wants him. And I actually, I'm, I'm with Cisco on this one. First of all, I don't think the Yankees need him. I think that the Yankees are in this conversation simply because traditionally the Yankees offer the money to the best free agent on the market. They did it last year. They don't need to do it this year because they've got Aaron Judge out there already in right field. I don't think he fits necessarily on the Yankees, and I frankly don't want Bryce Harper on the Phillies. I mean, I'm I'm with Cisco. I haven't seen him put together the kind of consistency that is going to warrant the contract that he wants. I think the thing that makes the most sense is for him to plant his flag in D.C. and and stay down there as a national. I think I think they need to back back up a truck to him because he's their guy. But I don't know, man. What? It, yeah, uh, listen though, rebuttal, like, like Mr. Met- Attorney. Like I mentioned before, Bryce Harper is in a pretty illustrious group in terms of home runs. And in today's major league, in today's major leagues, you get paid for power. If you could hit 30 to 35 to 45 home runs a season, you're at a premium. You're a valuable player. And like I said, Bryce Harper already has 163 career home runs by the age of 25. Like I mentioned already, he's in a pretty luscious group. Mickey Mantle, Albert Pujols, Alex Rodriguez, Frank Robinson, a bunch of other Hall of Famers. And again, people always go back to the 10-year deals. Players shouldn't get 10-year deals. Yankees especially should not offer a player a 10-year deal after the Alex Rodriguez dilemma. But Cisco, how many AL MVPs did A-Rod win with the Yankees? I think he said three, right? Well, he won one with, no, he won one with the Twice. Rangers and two Twice. with the Yankees. Right. Two with the Yankees, correct. Yes. Yeah. So, Bryce but Harper. A-Rod, A-Rod was a totally, a totally different caliber player when he signed with the Rangers. Aaron wasn't paid to become the greatest player in the game because of his position. He was a shortstop. That's even more valuable than an outfielder. No, I don't think it's his game. I think the right. I think in order of it goes right fielder. You could argue shortstop too, but right fielder in terms of defensively and having the strong throwing no. arm, right no. fielder is at a premium no. in today's game too. Uh, no attorney. The shortstop position is more important than any other position. I would okay. I would agree with you. Sure, but I, right field is. Right field is just as important in today's game as well with how fast the runners are in terms of, you know, trying to get extra bases and taking an extra base on the base. But, Brian Harper, but what are you talking about? Brian Harper is not elite. 
Oh, well, that's not true. Bryce Harper is definitely elite. I just don't Come think on. he's going to stay there for 10 years. I mean, if you're going to offer a guy a 10-year contract, in baseball, normally you get paid for what you have done. It's been that way lately. You know, that's, they don't hit this this 10-year marker. They don't hit this free agency until they're older. Now, Harper, of all the guys, is coming out at 26 on here, so it makes sense hey, to offer him the long-term know, deal. I just don't think it makes sense for the let's Yankees. Throw, let's throw. Let, I'm going to name you a player better than Bryce Harper. Bring it on. To what I've been watching. Mookie Betts. He's Mookie Betts. Let's uh, All right, so let's uh, let's switch gears here because I know that Cisco this week has still been watching Mookie Betts. So Cisco, tell us about Mookie Betts. But before we let Cisco talk, real quick, you're you're anticipating Bryce Harper improving. You don't you don't you guys don't see Bryce Harper as a finished product yet, right? Uh mm. he could he could listen. He could go because because this is the thing. Bryce Harper could be a guy that always could live off the hype and how good he is projected to be. He could be the guy that people always look at perception over reality. The bad office guy that even when he have a good year, people are going to be amazed because they already do that. Okay. I agree. He's a good player not living up to the ceiling. I never see him. This is the thing. People are always going to be excited and he's going to be always an exciting player to watch. But people are always going to look at the name. He's not going to be, he might have one or two more seasons that could be transcending season, but he's not going to be for a long time. He might, and he needs to get healthy to accumulate a lot of numbers. I, I don't see him ever becoming the best player in the game. Let's I just go. don't see that in him. Like you just said, Lestro, Bryce Harper's a player that, that hasn't hit the ceiling yet. So if he hasn't hit the ceiling yet and already has one NL MVP and 163 career homers at the age of 25, and you guys say he hasn't even hit his ceiling yet, wouldn't you want that type of player on his team who has already put up elite numbers and hasn't even reached his full potential yet? I'm saying, I'm saying that I haven't... Yeah, I'm saying I haven't seen that he is going to live up to his potential. You know, oh. Dr. Hunter S. Thompson, uh, the greatest uh, the greatest journalist of all time, once said that uh, potential is a funny thing because it can run out and it can run out quick. And I think, I think Harper is a guy who has massive potential. I think Harper is a good player, not a great player. He wants to be okay. he wants to be paid like one of the all-time greats. And he's got some home run numbers that may put him in that category right now. But I'm with Cisco. Until he could put together a consistent couple of years where he's really making a difference, then I don't necessarily think he needs to have the big money. And I think the Yankees of all teams right now have an outfield that doesn't need Bryce Harper in it. Of all the teams that can really sort of like you know, take a blow on Bryce Harper. The Yankees really are that team. Now, my team, the Phillies, has a good outfield, not a great outfield. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about Adubel Herrera later in the show, but we've got a good outfield, not a great outfield, and I don't necessarily want Harper on my team uh, right now. I, I, I think oh. I'd, I'd almost like to take my chances with the salary space. Okay, two questions real quick, real quick before you go, before we move on and before Cisco talks. First question, and I'll, I'll ask them both, and you guys can answer. First question. If you sign Bryce, if the Yankees sign Bryce Harper to a 10-year deal, whatever, $400, $500 million, and during those first, we'll say the first seven years, Bryce Harper wins two AL MVPs, and the other five seasons are not elite, but they're great. They're good, good to great seasons. Would you be satisfied with that? Yes. And secondly, secondly, thank you, exactly, yes. And secondly, when Bryce Harper comes up to the plate, does a pitcher have to game plan for him? Oh, and when you go yeah. To play, 
When you go to play a team with Bryce Harper, you go to play the Nationals. Isn't Bryce Harper hitting wise the first player that you game plan for? Yeah, he's the guy you can't let beat you. Thank you. Two points exactly. You're, you'll yeah. be satisfied with two a, two AL MVPs in, in seven years and, and five other good me, seasons. You want me to answer you, right? I do. Bring it on, Cisco. Let's hear it. Let me answer you. I, but yeah, nothing. You're talking about all that to happening, but if I was to bet money on it, I would bet money and that's not happening because of his consistency, because of his level of consistency. He has not proved, like, listen, whether you like it or not, Mookie Bet has proved to be a better player than Bryce Harper. Has shown more consistency. Only even in his down years, his down year has been better than some of Bryce Harper's up years. Some of the Bryce Harper numbers. Mookie Bet is Mookie Bet is by far a better player than Bryce. Defensively, offensively, all around, Mookie Bet does it all like a true fire-two player. Yeah, okay. I don't think I don't think Betts has the pure power that uh, that Harper does, and I think and, I think exactly. Harper, but, but okay, let's do. But the pure powers are not backed up with the numbers. I know. Where I'm, are the home run and where are the RBI? I'm, I'm okay. on your team. I'm on your team here, Cisco. I'm, a, Bro, I'm with I just you. Said, Cisco had a, Bryce Harper has 163 career home runs by age 25. He's in legendary status. Yes, but so was Andrew Jones. And. Andrew Jones is a, 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 a so is Ryan Howard. Andrew Jones is a borderline Hall of Famer, correct? Ryan so, Howard so is not. Andrew Jones, to me, to me, he's in my Hall of Fame because okay. he put okay. ten years of greatness and defensively, he really impacted the game. Andrew Jones was great for ten years. He was elite. At least he was elite at one thing. But Bryce Harper is not elite in anything because he's very inconsistent. I'll tell you and what, though. Have to do with his and, and the kicker for Bryce Harper and the Yankees is the home runs and Yankee Stadium. Oh, right that, that short porch, porch that short porch on, and right now. would help him. Here's what I would say about Bryce Harper. I would take Bryce Harper on a less than 10-year contract. He wants to sign a big money five or six-year contract with my team. You know what? That I can probably wait out. That I can probably deal with. And we'll talk about re-signing him again. But... I just don't see the backing up the truck for him uh, as far. You know, and it, I'm, I'm obviously biased. I play in the NL East. I see him. I think he's a douchebag. I don't necessarily want him on my team just because I think he's a douchebag. But, you know, if, if Bryce Harper signs with the Phillies, you can bet your ass I'll be cheering for him when he comes up well, to the plate. Lestro, that five- to six-year deal is possible after watching what happened last offseason with the players not getting the, the, commit, the money and long-term commitments that we've been used to seeing these players get. It's a good point. It's a good point, so, attorney. So it could be possible, Bryce Harper, it could, instead of a 10-year deal, it could be a 5 or 6-year deal. Let me ask you deal. something. Let me ask you something, attorney. Who's, who's better for the Yankees, Bryce Harper or Manny Machado? Because It, because it all depends how the Yankees value Didi. That's what it comes down to. Do the Yankees see Didi as their shortstop for the next 10 years? And also, not only Didi, Glebar Torres, who can also be the shortstop of the future. Well, that's so, just it. Machado plays uh, – I, I think Machado makes a little more sense on the Yankees than Harper. Wrong. Wrong. Well, wrong. because yeah, wrong. Does, Why? Does, You're wrong. He does make more sense. He does Manny, make more sense. No, because Manny Machado, Manny Machado already came out on the record beginning of this season when they asked him about going to the Yankees and DD being the shortstop there. Would he be willing to move back to third base? Now, if you guys don't remember, Manny Machado, the first four years of his career, played third base for the Orioles because, yeah. the, or, because the Orioles had the Orioles had JJ Hardy. Manny Machado this year is moving to shortstop full time, and he said, "I do not want to go back to third base." I want to be a shortstop. Yeah, I seem to remember A-Rod saying the same thing, but taking the money in New York. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> look, look, well, yes. look, look, look. And if he didn't keep, keep playing 
if he didn't keep playing the way Diddy is playing, yes, bring Manny Machado and move Diddy to third. Well, I'll tell you what. We have heard the case made for Bryce Harper. Let's hear the case for Mookie Betts. We're going to move away from the attorney and turn towards Cisco, the realist. Cisco, why is Mookie Betts the better player? What's uh, You've been watching him this week. Tell me a little bit. Well, I mean, I was very obsessed with Bacho Walters saying that Mookie Betts is the greatest right fielder he ever seen. But this year, Mookie Betts, got off to a great start. One of the best stars, one of the best stars of any right fielder ever in the history. Yeah. The man is batting, the man is batting 371. 371, and his average he, keeps going up. He already, this man already have, this is crazy. Look at, when you look at him, this man already, Lestro, has 18 doubles already that's crazy that's a lot he already have 18 doubles every year this guy get 40 plus doubles every year this guy hit 40 get 40 plus doubles you know this every week single year this week Mookie Betts uh, dropped in a, 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 a an 0 for 5 against the athletics in a terrible game but aside from that he continues to hit in every game he, he, he rarely rarely takes a game off this year this is crazy this is crazy because I never seen this I only one of the greatest seasons that gets overlooked was 1995 by by Bell from the Indians when he got the 50 50 50 home run and 50 double. Mookie Bet is on pace to get 50 home runs and 65 doubles and over 200 hits, 169 RBI, and 108, not, no, sorry, 169 run score and 108 RBI and 40 stolen base. That will be the greatest, that will be the greatest system by a right fielder. Right now, we are looking at something, we are looking at possibly history in the making. That's why. I am impressed with Mookie Betts. We're going on the second month of the season, and every week, yes, every week I'm going to keep talking about watching him if he keeps this up. <laughs> so, Cisco would, you be, Cisco, would you be okay with the Yankees giving Mookie Betts a 10-year deal? That's an no, excellent no. question, actually, because he's, no. he's another right fielder. No. I don't think nothing those years of the 10-year deal should be, should be gone. No. Well, I'll tell you what, boys, uh, this week I was watching, while you were watching hitters, I was watching pitching, or the lack of for some, uh, for some case here. You know, I'm a, I'm a Phillies fan. We make, no, uh, we make no bones about that here. And this week in Philadelphia, we, uh, over the past week, we saw our closer situation get a little bit shaky, and, and the Phillies are trying to go with a closer by committee at this point. The other night, uh, Gabe Kapler there in Philadelphia had uh, Udubre Ramos in for, he got two outs on six pitches, and then Kapler pulled him, and put in uh, Hector Neris, who had blown, uh, I say before, to get the final out of the game. I guess my question on this is we've never really seen it work for a full season, but what do you guys feel about the uh, the bullpen by committee? Do you think this is something that can work? Do you think this is something that, it, uh, you know, with the right manager and the right team can work? Or do bullpens need to establish their roles and, and, and by the midpoint in the season, this should all shake itself out? What do you guys think about this? You know, I actually mentioned this to, to Cisco earlier in the season when Cisco asked me why 
after Greg Holland, leading the, the major leagues in saves in 2017, was not signed by the start of this, this season. And I said, Cisco, listen, bro, today, in today's major league, in today's MLB, you know, teams are going away from the, the one closer, the one dominant closer, and instead are going to a, a bullpen by committee, a closer by committee. And unless you're really an elite closer, a la an Aroldis, an Aroldis Chapman, uh, Craig Kimbrell, uh, Kenley Jansen from the Dodgers, you, your, your leash is very short. So if, if you have a, a pitcher, a closer, that blows two or three saves and he's not being paid handsomely, like you don't have to keep pitching him because of his contract, you're going to go to the next guy, the, the, the next guy, the next guy, the next guy. And that's why you see so many teams and bullpens now going to bullpen and closer by committee because it's cheaper. It's financially cheaper. Greg Holland, this, this, the, I think it was a month ago or two months ago he got signed. He got a one-year $14 million deal by the Cardinals. And that's, that's a bargain in terms of the past four or five years. You know, the Yankees giving Chapman. What Chapman get? $86 million? Yeah, he, he gets, but he gets paid for that. That's true. But I'm saying if you, can get, if you can get four or five closers that can all do the same job for $96 million, I think you'd rather do that instead of paying one closer $96 million. Well, maybe, but can it work? We've never seen it work for a full season. What happens during the seasons is we see uh, you need to have a guy who knows he's going to be coming in in that ninth. You know, you play the you play the ACDC music and let him run into a light show. This is this is what, <laughs> what, what we've come to expect as being necessary in order to win you know, in the playoffs, get your roles ready. Is this something that can happen, you know, for the season? Cisco, where are you on this? Well, I, I really think this, this is where I am here. If the Phillies are still fighting like this at the end of the season, which I think they can, then they should trade for a closer. You think, you think at the midpoint they should seek out, at the trade deadline, they should look for a top-level closer, that this is something like, that... Yeah. Like that, like that Chicago You know what? I, I'm with you. I don't think bullpen by committee can work on a championship team. I think it can work on a team that's growing and trying to find its closer. I think, I think bullpen by committee helps you, helps you find your roles through the beginning part of the season, and I kind of hope that's what Gabe Kapler's doing. But I'll tell you what, if come September he's letting guys pitch one, two, and three outs in the ninth, you know, like, all right, we got two outs, put another guy in, I think the Phillies are, are not in contention in the way that, <laughs> that they might seem to be. I mean, if you look at the last couple teams that have won the World Series, or the last, the last decade decade or so, the teams that have won the World Series, they've all had one dominant closer for the most part, right? Absolutely. I mean, the Red, Sox, like, the Red Sox had Papelbon. Except for the Houston Astros, which is the worst bullpen i ever seen winning a World Series. <laughs> you know that. That's familiar with you, uh, Les Show, your guy Ken Giles. That's a good he, point. Yeah, 100 miles, 100 miles Giles was uh, not the guy they <laughs> hoped he would be when he showed up in Houston, that's for sure. A trivia question for you guys. When the Royals made their two their back-to-back World Series appearances, they won in 2015, who was their closer? I have no idea. One year was Holland, and the next year was Davis. I love this guy. Yeah, you know, I love this guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so bullpen by committee can work, but we'll see if it actually does. Uh, I don't know, man. I'll, I'll be watching it. You know I'll be watching it from here on out. So, uh, so. Let's get into the heart of the order here. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about. We got to talk about Robinson Cano. We got to talk about some uh, the NL West and the injury to AJ Pollock. We got to talk about the NL East. Uh, we got to talk about trade stuff. We got to propose a trade. So let's get started with the biggest baseball news 
of the entire week, and that has to be Robinson Cano's suspension for PEDs. Uh, Robinson Cano, first he breaks the, the fifth metacarpal in his hand and was going to be out anyway, and then, like, the next day gets, uh, gets caught... For a, for a banned substance in baseball, a diuretic that's usually used to cover up something else that you're taking, and it is a banned substance, and boom, he's out for 80 games. That is a half the season. The, the Mariners, now, now his injury counts. Uh, if he, anytime he misses with the injury, counts towards the 80 games, which I think is some shit, but um, he is now out for essentially till late August, early September, I guess the, the questions here are, what does this mean for the Mariners, and uh, and what does this mean for Cano? And I know we're going to get to Cano a little bit later as well, specifically, but just going forward, what does this mean for, for the Mariners, and what does it mean for Cano's legacy? Well, the Mariners are five five games out. Actually, believe it or not, five games out of first place yeah. in, in the AOS. Really fighting so, in the West. A good surprise team this year. Yeah, and I think Cano, when he went down, he was hitting 287, you know, not not elite, but, you know, pretty productive. He's been pretty consistent this season. Very consistent and now losing, Yes, so now losing that bat in, in the order, in the middle of the order, for a team that's trying to make their first postseason appearance since 2001, how can anybody say otherwise that this is not going to hurt them? This is going to hurt them tremendously, man, because now now, now who are the matters going to count on? D. Gordon, yeah, he's having a good year, but is he your, is he your true game changer and difference maker? No. No, but you he'll know, take up he'll take up the slack at second base. He should be able to play I the position. That. We should be able to the Mariners should be able to get another outfielder in. That is part of the uh, uh, they've got a glut of outfielders when everyone's healthy, so that shouldn't necessarily be the problem. They got Nelson Cruz coming back to hopefully be a big bat for them in their lineup. They got Ben Gamble back in their outfield to hopefully provide a bat. I, I you know I just want to see what happens here. I, I don't I don't even know which way to go on this. Generally speaking, I'm with you. This should hurt them. Lestro, this is now. This is the time that Mitch Haniger says to the world and shows the world who he is, and says, "You know what? The Mariners are my team. This now. is my time team now. Take my team. It's now. It's time for me to be the face of the Mariners franchise. It's the perfect opportunity for him to do that now." What about you, Cisco? How do you fall on this? What do you think? Uh, what do you think this means for the Mariners, for the NL West, and for Cano's legacy? Well, for Cano's legacy, Cano was Cano is considered by many one of the greatest second base to ever play. I mean, some people, some writers, some experts have him in the top 10. I think he's one of the best second basemen. I've seen the Yankee version of Cano. Uh, I think this is going to... This is hurt his legacy big time because he was only... He was only 500 hits away from 3,000. He could have done that in the next three years. He's still under contract. He could have put himself in a really good category. Yeah, he's also close uh, to the second baseman home run record. He's made he's he, made it no uh he's re- made no secret that he wants that. Remember though, he's thirty five years old, so it was no guarantee he would get to Well that's probably why he's he taking the PEDs. Well 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 he will get to three thousand hits. That's because because that's by the amount of years that he's gonna play. And if with a contract he still can he still can hit and he still could be a tradable piece then taking some of his contract. But but I think if he anything, he's gonna hurt his case for the Hall of Fame. Uh, and that's a change. Yo, if he wants to go to the Hall of Fame, he's gonna have to buy a ticket like me like us. <laughs> wants, you know, for real. There's there's no way he's gonna go to the Hall of Fame now. There's no way now. There's no way now. But but listen, what's gonna I'm not saying it's okay to cheat. No, not at all. Not even not even close to that. But 
and, and don't take this the wrong way, but I get why players do it. With the chance to earn millions of dollars based off pretty much hitting a lot of home runs, it's easy to see why players want that that upper hand, that upper edge. Everybody's athletic. Everybody's talented. Everybody's big and strong. You're a professional athlete, but you got to do something to set yourself apart. And if you're going to earn, say, $12 million, but you get told, hey, you take these PEDs, you'll hit 24 more home runs, 25 more home runs, and earn $30 million more. I, I think 90% of people would sign up for that. Am, am I wrong? Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a line... There's a line in the uh, in the baseball tenth inning where they're talking about steroids, and Chris Rock actually says it, where he says, "If there's a pill that could make you better at your job, that would make you more money, you would take it. You wouldn't even you let wouldn't even question." But let me ask you this: What money does Cano want to earn? Why did he have to do anything? You know, that, that's a great point, Cisco, because he won. He got his money. He got his two hundred and forty million dollars. Money, yo, you got your money already. Just play. Who cares if you perform or not? Just play. But paid out through the contract. You set for life. But you if you ask, if you pray your way. But if you ask any of these players that have been so dependent on PEDs, they'll tell you that exactly. I'm dependent on it. I became dependent on it. If I don't take them, even though I took them and got my money, if I don't take them anymore, I feel lost. I feel like I can't compete. I feel like I can't execute. That's why these players continue to take them even after they got their contract because they feel like they can't be the same player without the PEDs. Part of the mind game of baseball. Once you're doing well, you keep doing what you're doing to do well. Exactly. But, but this is my thing with him. This is the only thing. This is my only problem with him taking PED. When you take PEDs at this point, when when a player takes PED, whenever he gets cut on it, it's always the question. The only player that I have seen that people don't question are two people that I have seen that people don't question their ability. Those two people are Roger Clemens and Maribon. People are saying, oh, who knows how long they were taking it? No, because they start a big difference. But a player like I know, being linked to those people, being linked to everything, people are going to wonder, how long has he been doing this? Same thing with Aaron. Well, you know, how long has he been doing this? Mark Teixeira, so, Mark Teixeira said today that he was not surprised, quote, not surprised that uh, that his former teammate Robinson Cano got suspended for yes. for PED. So you're you're right on there, Cisco. The questions you know, are there. You know what happened when, this is funny, when Ryan Brown got cut for the second time with the steroids. A cheating bastard. I thought Ryan Brown, I thought Ryan Brown should have get banned for baseball because what Ryan Brown did, was unfair. Ryan Brown cast a man, his job, a family man, his job, saying that he wasn't doing that and suing the company and doing whatever he did. And, but I was very surprised because it was something funny. Mark Kent came out and came out and say, "Wow, Ryan and I were friends. I'm surprised he never told me that he was taking steroids." <laughs> you get it? Yeah, no, it's, I, it's funny. It's, of course, he's not telling anyone. Come on. Well, you're not bragging I, about that. I, I listen to I listen to Dan Grossa. He's a guy on on ESPN Radio, New York New York ESPN Radio, and he said that he used to cover the Yankees. He was in the clubhouse during the Yankee days when it was A Rod, Melky Cabrera, and Robinson Cano. Everybody knows A Rod got popped for steroids multiple times. Cabrera. Yes, and Melky Cabrera got popped. So Dan Grasa would say that this click, the A-Rod, Melky, and Robinson Cano click, was so tight 
that you had no choice but to believe that Robinson Cano was going to be the next guy to get popped because these three players were always together. A-Rod gets popped, Melky gets popped, and now Robinson Cano gets popped. So people that said they weren't surprised and aren't surprised are just naive because it, it was obvious Robinson Cano has been using PDs since his days with the Yankees. Well, I'm going to say... Go ahead, Cisco. Well, think about this. Manny Ramirez got cut, right? And people link David Ortiz to all of that. And David Ortiz has been linked to steroids before. So it is always assumed that somebody else in the team is doing that. Same thing with a Houston, same thing with a Houston Astro, with Bagwell, Billo, Hamenidi, and those guys. In the beginning, the Astro organization used to be the organization that was known for steroids. Same thing with That's a, true. Same thing with the A's. Same thing with the Rangers. Like in the beginning, all of those organizations, I'm surprised Bagwell is in the Hall of Fame. Now, because th- because he is somebody who's who is obvious that he took steroids. He is obvious that he did. But- now, now, Cisco, do you do you that's the point about David Ortiz? Do you remember? I think this might have been the year that David Ortiz was retiring when A-Rod came out and said. There is a guy up in Boston that's considered a. Le- it actually might have been longer because David, uh, A-Rod, A-Rod and Dave Ortiz kind of weren't talking for a little while because of what A-Rod said. A-Rod said, there's a guy up in Boston that's considered a legend in the city that hasn't been questioned for ste- or has been questioned for steroids, but it's never been. I don't know what the exact word A-Rod he has, he has been. He has been linked. And back in 2000, back in 2004, no, back in 2005, when everybody was getting caught from the steroid, he said, oh, a steroid, who knows if in Dominican Republic I took something without knowing. So, I mean, why would you do that? Why well, that's, a, that's, a, like that's that? always the line, is I didn't know I was taking it. They gave me something uh, medical. I didn't realize it was banned. And frankly, that's bullshit. You got, a, you got a team doctor on the Mariners. You go to him, and he goes, you can't take that. If you don't go to him and go, can I take that, you know that you're not supposed to be taking it. Yeah, Robinson Cano in his statement said that he was taking something because he had an illness that he needed to take the the, the PEDs for. So my question to you, Robinson Cano, what's your illness? What's your life-threatening illness? Can right. you tell us? Yeah, what is it? We need to know. This is this is a drug that's used to drain fluid from the heart is what this is. And if you've got if you've got this problem, we need to know that's a bigger yeah. issue anyway there, Robbie. Please. I love that. I love the doctor. The doctor part is the best part because I can tell my doctor, listen, I'm going to take this, and if anything... I'm going to blame you. I'm gonna say, okay, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Because nobody's going to question me. The FBI is not going to come after me. Nobody's going to come because I'm the doctor. I'm just prescribing him what he needs. He's my patient. They're not going to investigate me. Right. They're not going to know if it's true. It's a medical I'm issue, quote unquote. Yes. Well, guys, I'm going to take a I'm going to take a stand on this one that might be the opposite sort of stand and unpopular one here. I think this is actually going to help the Mariners. Now, hear me out. This is a young okay. team for the most part. This is a team that is still establishing its roles. It's playing above its head. And while Cano was a major component of that, they kind of get a little bit reliant on those guys and they start to look to them. And with him not in the lineup for the next 80 days, I think the Mariners' young stars, I think the Mitch Hanegers, like you said, I think the Ben Gamels, I think even the D. Gordons are going to start to step up a little bit more. The Seguras, the Seegers. I think these guys are going to start filling in the gap. And when they do, this team can keep up its run because let's be honest, nobody's watching the Mariners. There's really no pressure on this team outside of the Puget Sound area. To, to do anything. I think this is going to help them. I think 
by the time Cano is ready to come back at the end of the year, his bat coming back into the lineup is going to be a spark coming back in that they may not even need. I'm going to I'm going to go the other way on this one and I'm going to say that this actually helps the Mariners season. What do you think? Let's show. Let's show before we move on. Let me just talk real quick about what you just said. Now, you made some valid points. It, it, it might. What you said might be true. But if the Mariners do make the postseason, Robinson Cano can't be there. He can't play in the postseason. Now, I think that's when that him not being there, I think that's what will hurt the Mariners. Why can't he because play in the postseason? Yeah, no, he, but they have, he won't be eligible. Why not? They been, by the time the eight, uh, four to eight, by the time it won't, it won't be oh, 80 games yet. Because he it won't, won't be, be 80 games yet. Well, it should be because they've only played 40 so far. So 80 games takes us to about game 120. The question is, is he there at the time when the postseason lineups? You know, is he is he there? in order to make that postseason team. And I think I think they can bring him back. I mean, 162-game season, we're 40-some games into it. 80 games only takes us to 120. That puts a middle of August. Uh, he comes back. They can still make the team then, but... Man, you know what sucks about this? You know what really sucks about this for these teams? Well, what, sucks? what sucks is that this was their first chance in 17 years. No, but, like, in those contracts, they don't put a clause about performance-enhancing drugs. That will eliminate the contract. Cisco always <laughs> got his eye on the contracts, man. You know, like, like, like something like that's something that to be mindful of. Like you making this contract, you should be able to think about all of the possibility of something happening to get these type of hit. I think going forward, Major League Baseball should be applying those things to the contract. I think I would if I got a guy like that. I'd be like, you know but, what? I ain't paying you. At forty million dollars. Well, that's he's actually not getting paid for this. To be honest, this is going to cost him like eleven million dollars uh, because uh, missing these games. My point with what I was saying, even if Robinson doesn't isn't there for the playoffs, it doesn't make it in time for the playoffs. He's on. I think besides Nelson Cruz, Robinson Cano is the only player on that Mariners roster that's played in the postseason before. Yeah, he's the I'm only one that has any kind of experience. And he won a World Series, you know, so that, that playoff experience would help these young players. And, yeah. You know, when it comes to the playoff pressure. And with Robinson Cano not there, I think this young Mariners team, if they do make the playoffs, it, it'll be tough in terms of dealing with the pressure because they won't have that veteran guy that's been there before to depend on. Yeah. Well, from the uh, from the injuries in the AL West to an injury in the NL West that could be a game changer, we saw this week uh, another major injuries. AJ Pollock is going to be out for four to six weeks with uh, with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, the Diamondbacks are currently leading that division. They're uh, yeah, they're they're one of the the hottest teams in baseball. And Pollock was a guy that we've talked about in the past as someone who is you know uh, a surprise player that is they're really really making it for their team this year. What does this injury do to to the Diamondbacks, and what does this do to the NL West? Is this the Dodgers' chance? I mean, we keep saying this over and over. We just nobody wants to give up on the Dodgers yet because they've got this 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 huge salary and this giant uh, this giant lineup and the money coming out of their ears is. Is this a game changer in the NL West, what, or are we going to see the the Diamondbacks be able to get past this? You, you know, no pun intended, but the Diamondbacks just can't catch a break. It, no you shit. Know, <laughs> you know, because because AJ Pollock was having a career year. You know, he, I think I talked about this two 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 episodes ago. What AJ Pollock, you know, is underrated because he's been injured and he's always injury prone. And now he was having a great year, healthy. Then he gets injured again, but. 
Jake Lamb and Steven Souza Jr., the two players the Diamondbacks had, or Jake Lamb was there last year. They acquired Steven Souza Jr. Those two players, you know, were injured for most of the season. Now they're healthy, and they were going to pair with A.J. Pollock and Paul Goldschmidt to, you know, create a, a fearsome lineup. So those two players come back, and then A.J. Pollock gets injured. Like I said, Diamondbacks can't catch a break. And the Rockies are only five games out of first place. Five? And, and no, 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 half a game. No, no, it's five games, five games. Half. I don't really know. I actually don't know. I what just looked. At, I just looked Huff. this morning. I just looked this morning, and it, it was five games. Who? The Rockies. Yeah, not the Dodgers. Half the Rockies, game. not the, the Dodgers. Are... The Rockies are half game out of first place, twenty-five and twenty. Yeah, that's right. The the Rockies are a half game back. The uh, the Giants are four games back. The Dodgers seven and a half games back. Now, this obviously this opens a door for the Rockies, but uh, but Cisco, you wanted to talk a little bit about the NL West. What are you seeing over uh, here, and does this change things? Well, this is the thing with the Diamondbacks. Regardless of AJ Pollock going back, oh, oh he's he's there, he's there. Listen, in the last ten games, they have only won two, even with him being there. So, and the yes. Rockies two and eight in their last ten. Yes, the. In the last time they are they are two and eight. That's crazy. And the Rockies are the team that if that seems to be coming up. I have both teams making the position. If those guys that attorney mentioned are they weren't there, they should be able to fill in the boys until he come back. You know what? I'm sorry. Five games out. The Mariners are five games out of first place. Oh yeah, the AOS. That's yeah. that's what. Yeah, I'm sorry. My fault. But yeah, you guys are right. But AJ Pollock not only hitting, but he plays great Gold Glove defense in center field, and he's a threat on the bases. So he's more. He's a complete player. They're going to be losing a lot with, with not having AJ Pollock. Well, well, but Paul Goldschmidt has not been doing so good. Yeah, he's this been year. struggling as well, man. Paul yeah. Goldschmidt is struggling as well. But their defense and their bullpen is what's been keeping the Diamondbacks, you know, alive. And then their pitching is good. I mean, Not even, bro. No, because Granky struggled. Robbie Ray struggled. Patrick Corbin's been their guy. He's been their guy. Yeah, they got Ranky. Yeah, so he, yeah. So by the time the corner turns around, Granky and Ray should be able to step up. Like somebody else needs to step up. Yes, they're also they're also playing in a relatively weak division at this point. Let's let's be honest. The it, when when the Rockies and the Diamondbacks are the ones we're talking about here, because because the Rockies are twenty five and twenty, only five over anyway. Then then everyone else in that division is a, is a sub five hundred team, and you got to play. But remember this, Lester. Last year, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks both made a position. Yeah, but they yeah, talk to me. Wild card. Talk, to, wild me, card talk to me about this year. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Rocky, Rockies don't really scare me. Yes, their offense is is fearsome, you know. But their pitch—if you have to play a game at Coors Field, you're, you should be able to kill the Rockies. Yeah, they're going to get some home runs, but their pitching staff is already terrible. Then you add the pitching staff pitching at Coors Field—a terrible pitching staff pitching at Coors Field. Uh, yeah, that Rockies team doesn't scare me at all. So, do you think this is still the Diamondbacks division? Then is this is this still theirs to lose, no, or is this open the door? I do. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with the Dodgers. I'm done with them. Oh, look at that! What about you, Cisco? Is uh, is this still the Diamondbacks to lose, or or are you seeing uh, someone else take it from them? The Rockets should be able to win the division. Why? Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Why, Cisco? Please tell me why. Please. Because because the Rockets they do have a complete team. It's just that sometimes they, the Rockets are a little bit now with these injuries, the way that these people are playing, the Rockets should be able to take a lead. And then the Rockies are going to be in the position at the end of the year. The Rockies are going to be there. That's hey, it. well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see as we go. 
Get this. I, I think the I think the Giants have a better chance to make the postseason. Oh, you're out of your goddamn mind. Get me. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see how this goes for the uh, for the rest of the season, boys. We are running long on time. We went real long in that opening segment, but I know we got to talk about it much other stuff here. I want to talk very briefly about the NL East here, and I know Cisco, you do too. You wanted to talk a little bit about Odubel Herrera, who is riding an amazing uh, on base streak right now and uh, and powering the Phillies to uh, the Phillies and the Braves still at the top of this division, battling it out. Cisco, what did you uh, what are you looking at here in the NL East? In the in the NL East, I'm looking at the Phillies being very close to make a run because the way that Herrera Sneaky is playing, the, the the way that Herrera is playing, he's playing like a game changer, changer. Excuse me, like an impact play. The type of season he's putting, he's he's putting an amazing season, man. He, he's like he will be, he should be. In the MVP conversation, but we know how the MVP goes. Is the MVP is inconsistent? Doesn't always go to the most valuable player, and that that's the most for the team no more. It changes, it switches. So we don't know, but well, Odubel, playing, Odubel Herrera is finally putting together the kind of season Phillies fans have hoped that he would. He's always been a good player. He's always had the skills. He's always had the tools. But the problem with Odubel has always been that he seems to lose focus at times during the season. He's looking around in the outfield. He's making bad swings. This year, he's not done that. Odubel Herrera seems to have focused, and it really has helped the Phillies. He may not have played in opening day, but since then, dude's on fire. Well, well, maybe, maybe, maybe Gabe made that right move. Right? Because, you know what? Maybe we were wrong. You're right, Cisco. You know, but but I, I I'm not looking at the division, and I'm looking at the and I'm looking at the Philly being being a move away from from really being from really being contender. Like Philly should be able to Philly should be able to do something because it's right there. Why wait? It's right there. Why wait? The time is now. That's right. In baseball, when you have the shot, you take it. If you uh, if you blow your chance, you get the curse of Steven Strasburg, and who knows if you're going to get back there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like right they, the the Phillies are right there. Why wait? From your lips they- to God's ears, Cisco. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's move on a little bit because, uh, as we said, we are a quarter away through the season now, and now is the time where the teams have started to shake out. We see what we got. We see what we need, and the trade talk is actually already beginning. We're already starting to see. I mean, we, now we saw a trade earlier last week when we saw Matt Harvey go to the Reds. Uh, not really a, a surprise of him leaving the Mets, but... As trades go forward, as we get into the into the summer months here, we want to start talking a little bit of trades. So, so I know attorney, you are uh, you are a, a pure Yankee fan here. You're in win now mode, and you're starting to freak out. So, I guess the, the question is: Should the Yankees look to make a trade? Who should they trade? And and you got them looking at Queens. You got them looking over at uh, at their city mates for some pitching. What are you thinking, man? Yeah, this this is talking the rumor mill about the Yankees making the trade with the Mets. For either Noah Syndergaard or Jacob Degrom, and and the, the trade piece for the Yankees that people have been mentioning is Glaber Torres. Now, yeah. rookie third baseman for them. Second baseman. Second baseman. Second rookie, rookie second baseman for the Yankees, Glaber Torres, who again came up and as immediately productive. Yes. Now, now, first of all, I don't even think the Met, the Mets would trade with the Yankees. I mean, last year the Mets refused to trade Lucas Duda to the Yankees. Like. <laughs> The last thing the last thing the Wilpons want to be doing is sitting in their mansion 
you know, watching Noah Syndergaard or kick at the ground being poured on champagne poured on him in October in the Bronx. In Absolutely. The they do so, not need, they do not need to see, uh, to see Syndergaard, uh, wearing, wearing Yankee pinstripes in October. That is the last and, thing that fan base wants. Exactly. That, that, well, they hold, have, maybe no, hold up, hold on. Sisto. Let me, let me finish, bro. You'll get your turn. Sisto. relax. <laughs> I have a lot to say. Secondly, I call me crazy, but I don't think I would trade Glabar Torres to, to the Mets, even for Syndergaard or DeGrom. Here's why. First of all, pitchers are fragile. I, and yes, Glaber Torres did get injured last year, had the Tommy John surgery and whatnot, but pitchers are very fragile. And you can't build a team totally around pitching. We've seen the Mets try to do that. It, it didn't work because pitchers, it's a guarantee. They're going to get injured. They're going to they're gonna break down. And we, see the, and we see what the Cubs did. The Cubs kind of, you know, changed it around and, and drafted position players and built their team with position players and kind of scrapped around to create a pitching staff, a capable pitching staff. And that's why I think the Yankees shouldn't trade Glaber Torres for, for pitching, even if they're elite ace type of pitchers, because position players, elite position players are hard to find. You can find capable pitchers anywhere. So yeah. I don't think Labor Torres is the guy the Yankees should trade. And there's always pitchers on the market come time if you need them. I'm with you. They should not trade Glabar Torres because he's under a contract. He's got the talent. He's got the potential. Cisco, what do you think of this? Well, you you know what? It's funny because Glabar Torres got traded for Chapman. You know? so that, That's true, but listen. Glaber, for like, listen, if the Yankees are, if the Yankees are, if the Yankees because from a pitcher, a pitcher in in their prime. If a pitcher comes in their prime, and the Yankee with that lineup and all of the prospects they have, and they can trade for a pitcher, and they can and they can really make a run and possibly win the World Series, uh, the championship is gonna be more important than having Gleyber Torres, Torres, and Phil Short again, because they just go. There's a case to be made there. Yankee fans want to win now. They aren't as concerned about the future. They'll get to the future when they get there. Cisco, do you know why the Cubs traded Glabar Torres for Chapman? Because for the previous four or five years, the Astro, the Cubs were the Astros of the NL. The, the Cubs built their team through the draft, and, and it resulted in a lot of 100-loss seasons. But they knew that they had to build this team. They knew they had the talent in place. It just took time to develop. You know, Javier Baez. Addison Russell, Anthony Rizzo, Albert Amora, Wilson Contreras, all players, position players that the Cubs drafted with a goal in mind. And that goal was in five you know, years to win the World Series. And that's what happened. They didn't win the are, World Series because of their pitching. They won the World Series because of the, their position players that they drafted and developed. It's 100% are, true. You are right, but the Yankees don't need Gleyber Torres even right now. So this is what I'm going to tell you. The Yankees have now win. In nine years, it's time to win. So win now. So trading him doesn't mean anything. They traded Montero. Fucking Yankee fans are a different breed. It's been nine years. They need to win now. They have (laughs) they have traded bigger prospects than Gleyber Torres. I do not care if they trade him. It's not. Oh my God, they gave him up. If they win the World Series, who cares? I'm a Phillies fan. I'm like, it's it's been 10 years since we've won. I got another 20 before I start to panic. You're like, it's nine years. We got to win now. Well, you're going to like what I'm going to say in the next segment. Is that propose a trade? Is that what you want to do next? Let's, uh, let's talk about proposing a trade since we're talking about trades. We teased this last week where we were going to propose a trade. Cisco, you got a trade to propose to the room. What's your trade? <laughs> 
I would like to see the Phillies pray. <laughs> I would like to see the Phillies pray for Manny Machado. Really? I think that will be the. I think if the Phillies get Manny Machado and his free agent year with this young team, the Phillies can make a push at the World Series. Now, do you then see him? Be, do you see him fitting at shortstop or third for us? Shortstop, and he could be considered. And then he could be, and he could consider signing with Phillies. He will be happy there. And then he will stay there. I think if they can do that, he will, he will consider signing with Phillies one more time. And they'll and they'll have a legitimate chance to try for him and make a push. Now who should I, they who should they package for Machado? If you've got him playing shortstop, I would imagine you're including JP Crawford in the uh in the trade. Uh, the, the, the Orioles need everything uh philly's got a pretty good farm system what could they what could they offer the orioles to bring machado to philadelphia well they could <coughs> they could offer they could offer two two out of the top five prospects and jp uh, crawford and well, then the Orioles will do it i think uh, i think crawford would have to be part of it if you got him there see and i would actually if I were if I were looking to get Machado on the Phillies, I would almost want him to play third. I would want uh, keep Crawford because I believe in him still. Because you know I'm a homer, so uh, I believe in Crawford still at at shortstop. And while I love Macal Franco at third, I would swap him out for Machado at third. I think that's actually the best position in the in the Phillies lineup for Machado. But either way, I would take that. I don't necessarily want Bryce Harper, but man, I would take Manny Machado on the field. However you, can, however you can get it. However you can get it. Look. It's our situation. It's how you think the player will fit. In physics, will be perfect because of the type of team that they are and they have been coming and they are contender and they could keep being contender for years to come in that division. He will be happy, and the money will be there. That's a something that that's a play where he can fit. The numbers will be there for him, and that's something that he would like to prove. So I can see him playing in Philly. Cisco, the way you're talking today, I just got to say you're my favorite man. I am loving, <laughs> I am loving everything you're saying today. Let's, let's let, from your lips to God's ears. That's all, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Well, we had said it uh, before. We before we change uh, to the the back half of the show here. What are your thoughts on that trade, there, attorney? Is that something that you think should happen, could happen? What do you like? Yeah, I mean, the Phillies could definitely use Machado for this year to make a, to make a postseason push. But do do you really, as a Phillies fan, last show, do you see the Phillies having a legitimate shot to to sign Machado after this season? Yes, we have the money. The Phillies has, have the money, and they've got young talent. They've got young pitching. They've got young position players. They are definitely a team that is positioning itself for the future. And uh, I think Machado, uh, you know, they can, they're not going to win this year, but in a win-now situation, and you know Machado is going to want to go to a team that can win, I think that the Phillies are a team that can win and that he can make a legitimate difference on. I think it's a good fit for him. I don't know if it's the perfect fit, um, and I, I think, I think that the the cost might be a little steeper than the Phils would want to pay in order to make a trade midseason, as opposed to waiting to the end of the year to sign him. That said, I would take him on the team. I would love to see him there, and I would think that he would sign for the long term in Philadelphia because they've got the potential. Well, if, if you have to give up prospects to get him this year, I think because, like you said, Lesho, you're not going. The Phillies aren't going to win a World Championship this year. No, so, not this year. 
so in, so to trade for him this season just to make the playoffs then lose him after the season well, plus to give up prospects I don't think it's worth it. Well so no, you only you down, only trade. You only trade if you can sign him. It's it's you only exactly. trade for this guy if you can lock him down. Exactly. But, but who are we to say that they're not going to win? If they made a position, because we never know. I love you, Cisco. I love you so much. Cisco, Cisco, please be realistic. Be realistic. No, No, don't. Attorney, don't tell him that. Let him keep talking to Phils. Let's be realistic. Usually the hottest team in baseball, the team that is hottest, that is hot at the end of the season, is the team that won. We saw that with the San Francisco Giants a few times. Yeah, you got to make the run at the end. It can happen. San Francisco Giants, San Francisco Giants, had a Hall of Fame catcher. We said that with the Anaheim Angel. The worst team, one of the worst team I've seen win the World Series was the 2002 Anaheim. The Anaheim. The Angels back in the day. Yes, they were one of the worst team I've seen, and they just got hot at the end. Trivia question: What was their what was their what was their rally call? What was it? That was the Rally Monkey. I remember that one. I remember the Rally Monkey. Good man, good man. All right, boys, I'm with you, Cisco. I think that's a that's a great trade. Uh, so, uh, you know, as I said, we are running a little bit out of time here, so let's move towards the back end of the show where we turn to Cisco again for the Realist Talk segment where we get the, the Cisco, he's not a realist, he's the realist. Give us the Realist Talk this week, Cisco. Man, the Realist of the week is Robinson Cano, man. Back to Robbie. I'm very disappointed and this and it's sort of sad because Robinson Cano that he got disrespected with a, by the Yankees when they didn't offer him 10 years and they offered Jacoby seven years and they only offered him a, they only offered him 175 and he, and he but he actually made a mistake because he fired Scott Boris and hired JC who I would have kept Scott Boris because Scott Boris would have gotten me more money from the Yankees than a better deal. But this is the thing. Robinson Cano was on the verge of getting a lot of incentive money for milestone that he could break. And he was on the verge. Listen, this was, this was his perfect time. This was perfect timing because Jeter was walking away from the game. So this was Robinson Cano's time to shine. Instead, he left New York for more money and more year, more total money and more year, knowing that he probably would have got sent and even more stuff from the Yankees and more endorsement deal and would have been at a better situation, putting and making a, and making a bigger case for his Hall of Fame status. He would have been more closer to the 3,000 hit. He definitely would have had the 100 record for a second baseman, and he would have gone and made history. So you're saying can, you're saying Robinson Cano should not have taken uh, the contract that Seattle offered and instead should have taken the less money in New York because he would have made more money in endorsements and he would have had the better lineup around him to help protect him as a batter and get closer to those stats. Is that right? Yes, and he would have become then towards the end of his career. He's so he has he's such a disciplined guy at the play that towards the end of his career, he probably would have had a career as a DH like Molitor did, like and just hit and be there, like just be 
there as part of the team. And this was his time to shine. He would have been the main in New York because Jeter was gone. This would have been his team. The face he would have been him, and he would have been breaking records still with that protection in the lineup. Let, let me ask you a question, Cisco. Do you think that do you think that if Robbie Cano stayed in the Bronx, he could have been potentially the next Yankees captain? No, because the, because because to be the captain, that's a whole different story. That's a whole different story. He he wouldn't not be the captain because he does not digest not him. Well, now, okay. Better question. Better question. Do you think once Jeter retired, if Jeter retired in 2014, right? 13, right? 13, 2013. 13. Okay, so say Cano stays in New York, re-ups in New York, Jeter retires. Do you think from the point that Cano re-signed with the Yankees up until now, the Yankees would have won another World Series? Ooh, good question. I, I think, I think last year, i tell you one thing. Last year they probably would have. Last year they probably would have won. You think? Because, you think Robbie Cano gets them past the Astros? But the the problem is this with them: they have too many guys that only they have too many guys that strike out too much. And what they need somebody in the middle of the lineup. If they have Cano, they will be a whole different team. If they have Cano batting third, a guy that is not gonna strike out all the time. That that would make a huge difference. Uh, that sounds like a Yankee move to me, man. As to keep a, the big bat there. There's, there. there's a possibility if Cano stayed in the Bronx, he would have got popped earlier for for this PEDs. It's a good point too. More guys watching because uh, because they had, had more pressure in New York to really perform. So and they would have signed Jacoby Ellsbury to that BS contract too. Well, well yeah, that's I thought that was funny as you started that they gave the money to Jacoby Ellsbury. I bet going back they would much rather give this money to uh, Robinson Cano. If, 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 no well, question. But, well, but they also they also offer, this is the thing. The thing about Ellsbury came to came to Scott Boris. If he, if he Cano would have stayed with Scott Boris, Scott Boris would have got Cano signed first because Ellsbury, what what Elberry, what happened was that the Yankee offered Chinso Chu 140, and he didn't take it, thinking that thinking that he wanted Jacoby to sign first. So then he came, so then he came bed and go up against both of his guys, which he was stupid because Troy ended up taking less money from Texas for the same amount of years, and that contract didn't play out. So the Yankees were lucky. But if Cano would stay, it probably would be a whole different story for him. And also, we don't know because Cano have been declining lately in Seattle. We don't know if Cano feels like, hey, I'm going to perform this year. Let me take this PED because I want to be a trader of it. And people should feel like they can invest their money on me. We don't know why Cano got cut in all of it. So the realist this week is Robinson Cano, and the real talk is that he never should have left the Bronx. That is, uh, that is what we're uh, we're here hearing from Cisco. Uh, before we turn to you to, to make the closing arguments, attorney, very very briefly, give me a. Do you agree? Should he have stayed in New York, or did he make the right move? No, I mean he went he he went for the money. That's what players do. He won his world he won his World Series in the Bronx and with the Yankees. I remember. He, you know, yeah, so, you know, he got $240 million and a 10-year commitment. I see why he left the Bronx, no oh, doubt yeah. about it. Seattle backs up a truck of money like that. You take it. 
No question. I'll tell you, it's also a much nicer place to live than uh, than the city. It's uh, the weather's Relax. way better Relax. out here, man. Way Relax. better. Relax. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after the realist, we always turn to the attorney at sports for our closing arguments. Attorney, who are you putting on the stand this week? I'm going to stay on the Robert Cano topic. Really? But listen. Yep. I'm going to put everybody that bashed Mark to share for what he said. I'm putting everybody on the stand. That, that said Mark Teixeira was wrong for saying he's surprised that Robbie Cano got Not popped. surprised, that he was not surprised. No, I'm, no, I'm sorry, yeah, not surprised, my mistake. Top Mark Teixeira was not surprised Robbie Cano got popped. Now, everybody's saying, oh, Mark Teixeira and Robbie Cano, they were teammates. They won a World Series together. How, how, could, how could he throw Robbie Cano under the bus like that? First of all, Mark Teixeira is not Robbie Cano's teammate anymore. Does Mark Teixeira still get paid by the Yankees? Does Mark Teixeira still get a paycheck from the Yankees? No. Mark Teixeira is an analyst. Mark Teixeira gets paid by ESPN. Mark Teixeira gets paid by the Yes Network. Mark Teixeira, when he said that, he said that as an analyst. You have to separate former player and analyst. That's what people are found to do. And, and, and I don't get how people say, oh, Mark Teixeira threw Robbie Cano under the bus. Did Mark Teixeira saying he wasn't surprised that Robbie Cano got popped by PEDs? Is that why Robbie Cano got popped for PEDs? He didn't throw him under the bus. He said it after Robbie Cano got popped. So I don't understand why people were mad for Mark Teixeira saying he's not surprised. What did Mark Teixeira, what did Mark Teixeira say wrong? What did Mark Teixeira do that insulted <laughs> Robbie Cano? I'm confused. This is, this is what he did that insulted Robbie Cano. Pretty much he's saying that eventually he was going to get caught and that he knew it all along. That's what Mark Teixeira said, pretty much. Okay, is, is, is Mark Teixeira an FBI agent? Is he going to arrest Robbie Cano and pop Robbie Cano? What else could he have? What is he supposed to do? No, no. but listen, but if we are teammates and we are boys, sometimes it's better to stay quiet than to, do, than to say something. See, that, Th- thank that you, Cisco. You're, you're, you're right. Mark, Mark Teixeira didn't say all this while he was still teammates with Robbie Cano. He didn't throw Robbie Cano under the bus while he was still a teammate of Robbie Cano. Mark Teixeira is an analyst now. He's speaking as an analyst. What's yes. wrong with that? Yes, but the way that he's speaking as an analyst, he's making him sound like he's a hater instead of a realist. Come like, on, man. If you heard the interview, if you heard the interview, he said, first he said, I don't want to go too much in detail about it. I love Robbie Cano. That's what he said. I love Robbie Cano. But I'm not surprised. That's, that's what, what he said. Yo, yo, yo. That's like you when you say, no disrespect about this guy, but he's playing horrible. No disrespect. Listen. Yeah. You got to let people know you're not. You got to let You gotta let people know first. You got to let them know first. It's not personal. I got no personal beef with you. I'm just letting you know how it is. Sometimes it's better to stay quiet. That reminds me. Look, this reminds me of exactly of when, of when A-Rock said that Derek Jeter was a second hitter and he was not worth the 189 million or 90 million that there, and him and Derek Jeter being friends, him and Derek Jeter being boy, like, oh, I don't think he's worth that amount of money. He's just a second hitter. Oh, come on. No, that's different. That's actually disrespecting somebody personally. Come on. And what, I hear, and, and what I hear on all this is that uh, is that Mark Teixeira knew that Robbie Cano was cheating and that the uh, 2009 World Series should retroactively go to the Phillies. That's what I hear <laughs> in all the, of this. The, never mind, never mind that uh, that uh, that Robbie Cano, got, Robbie Cano batted 136. He batted 136 in that World Series, so he didn't necessarily contribute. I'm gonna say, hey, I'm gonna hey, say. Do you, know, do you know who fielded the final out of that World Series? Do you know who it was? Was it uh, was it 
what's his name? Uh, the Robbie Damon? Cano. Oh. Mariano Rivera pitched it right to hit, hit right to Robbie Cano. Robbie Cano throws it to Mark Teixeira. World Series champs, 2009. Phillies, see you later. All right, fuck you both. We're gonna end this show. Let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to the fantasy tips so I can stop talking about the Phillies losing a World Series. So let's uh, let's let's look at the week ahead and our fantasy tips. We'll start uh, with the attorney. What do you like? Uh, what do you what are you looking fantasy wise this week? You know, I I only got a couple players. I got I got one player I want you to pick up. His name is Michael Conforto from the New York Mets. From the Mets. Last last year he hit two. Huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. Last year he hit 279, 27 homers. First time All Star was the Mets' only All Star. You know, people are saying this kid's the new the, the new face of the franchise for the Mets. The next David Wright. Then this year he comes out, begins the season as the next David Wright, injured on the disabled list. But. <laughs> Sorry, David Wright. Like you say, Cisco, no disrespect to David Wright. But, uh, you know, now he's healthy. He's finally getting healthy. You know, we've seen that Michael Conforto can be a very, very good hitter. I think you should pick up Michael Conforto and be very, very patient with him. Okay. And and in terms of pitchers, I want you to pick up. Take a look at picking up. I forget how you say his last name. Uh, Mike Full. It starts with F. You help me out, Cisco. He pitches for the Atlanta Braves. Oh, F it. No, 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 longer last name, longer last name. But you get the hit. Oh, Check him out. Oh, 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 oh! Come forward, come forward, something like that. Like no, it starts with an F. But forget it. You guys, you guys will see him on the waiver wire. Mike starts with an F. He averages, I think, about eight to ten strikeouts a game. You know, not many people know about him. He's a starting pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. You know, Fulton Nowitz. Mike Fulton Nowitz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. If you if you need strikeouts, pick him up. He's getting a lot of strikeouts for you guys. Pick him up. What about you, Cisco? What's your uh, fantasy recommendations for the week? If you have, if we wait, Merrifield is available. You should take him. He's batting 448, one home run, and five RBI, and three scrolling base. Say the he name. Say the name again, Cisco. Wait, Merrifield from the Kansas City. Okay. Royals. Okay. And Jesus Aguilar from the Bruins. And those he's, are- been, he's been in the power. He's been in the power number. Like he's got three home runs this week and six RBI, 267, but he's coming along. He's coming on. And for starting pitchers, Sean Newcomb. Sean Newcomb? Newcomb from the Braves? From the Braves? New- yes. Listen, Newcomb. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Newcomb. Yeah, Newcomb. Yep, Newcomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, Sean Newcomb. Listen to this. In the last three starts. Three and zero, ERA in zero, whip sixty eight and twenty strikeout, and no and no and no walks. And for the season, he's and for the season, he's four and one with an ERA of two. I'll tell you what, two point five one. Let's go. I got one more pitcher. I got one more pitcher. I'm for impressed. You. You're, you both picked Braves. Nick Pavetta. Ah, Nick Pavetta, starting to round into shape. I believe his ERA is 3.72, you know, a little bit high, but it's, it's gradually going down. And I believe his strikeout-to-walk ratio in 46 innings is 58 to 11. Yep, doing excellent. very well. Yep. You know, I, I have another picture. Go for it. Kyle Freeland from the Rockies. From the Rockies? You're picking a Rockies pitcher? They better be on the road listen, this week. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. 3-0 and an ERA 
1.35, a whip of 095. That's a good number. 19, 19 strikeout and 19 strikeout in six and one walk. Well, I'll tell you what; those are some good numbers. There's some good pitchers. I like that you both pick Braves pitchers as your uh, as your first there, because I'll tell you guys this week and the games coming up. You know, I don't play fantasy; I just watch the games. And the games that I'll be watching this week, uh, this week starting Monday, the Braves come to Philadelphia for a series, and that is a battle of the uh, the two top teams in the NL East. Hopefully, uh, the 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 Nationals won't be waiting for everybody to to fall apart. But that is a big test for both of these young teams against the other young teams keep your eye on this this could be a battle we're seeing for some time to come then on tuesday seattle uh, heads into oakland and while this doesn't necessarily seem like the kind of matchup that you would say you know well i gotta watch the a's play the mariners i think that this is to watch because this is going to give the mariners a chance to find their legs without robinson cano they're playing the the athletics who are good not great you know that's a team they should beat so this will give them a chance to find their legs and by the uh by the end of this series we should know if if the mariners can make a push of this without cano we should be able to get a sense of it then for the weekend some big series coming up on the on the weekend starting thursday the houston astros are going to be playing in cleveland and that's a pretty big matchup between those two teams as as they take on with that the great pitching staff that is the astros going into cleveland uh to uh to, to make the run there and then the weekend brings us the two best matchups of the week and that is the los angeles angels uh shohei otani mike trout and the los angeles angels come to the bronx uh next weekend beginning for friday for a series against the new york yankees and that could be a playoff uh preview series i will have my eye on that i know you boys will too and then the other one this uh coming up weekend is going to be Atlanta again when they finish with the Phillies the Braves head to Boston to take on the Red Sox so it's a big week for the Atlanta Braves see if they can battle their NL East rivals and then head over and take on the uh, the AL East one of the best teams in the AL one of the best teams in baseball in Boston so if I'm you guys I'm starting my week watching the Braves and Phillies the Mariners and A's and then I'm ending it watching the Astros Indians Angels Yankees and Braves Red Sox Sounds good, Lestro. Sounds good, man. You got it all lined up for us, Lestro. And that is the time we have on Baseheads this week. As always, I am Lestro. If you're looking for me, you can find me on the More or Lestro on Twitter. That is Twitter at More or Lestro. You can listen to me on Trash Talk Radio every Tuesday on the World of Sports Network. Attorney, what about you? Yes, sir. Go check me out on Instagram, attorney at sports underscore. And please, please, please go on the YouTube channel. World of Sports Network. Subscribe if you go. If you guys don't mind, subscribe to that channel and check out my show, Sports in Order. We're already on episode four. You know, great stuff. Fantasy football, fantasy baseball, little NBA talk. You know, it's a great show. Sports in Order, World of Sports Network YouTube channel. Do me a favor, go subscribe. Appreciate it. What about you, Cisco? I am on Cisco the Realist in Instagram. Cisco the Realist in Facebook, and everybody has an opinion. We are turning in Sean on Sundays, and that's where we are. That's right, on the World of Sports Network, World of Sports Network, connecting the world through the sports we love. That is our time on Baseheads this week. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. We're everywhere you can find podcasts, uh, and uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Lestro. That's the attorney. That's Cisco. Oh!
Talk to you later. Peace and love. Peace and love.